And now live from Assembly Row in Somerville, Massachusetts, it's the Jeff Santos Show, kicking ass for the middle class. And now, here's Jeff. Thank you, Keith, and good afternoon, Americans, and welcome to the Jeff Santos Show. We are live from Somerville's Assembly Square, and it's uh, great to be with you today on this uh, 18th of uh, March 2018, so 3-18-18, what does that mean? Well, we've got a great program for you today. Melissa Tomlinson, badass teachers, will join us today. We'll talk a little bit about what's the case in front of us uh, for teachers, what it means for the Democrats to be in power next year. If the Janus decision goes the wrong way, does it really help our friends in public school education? We'll get her thoughts. Uh, Robert Craig, back after a couple of weeks, Wisconsin Citizen Action Executive Director will join us. We'll talk about the big victory with Connor Lamb in Western PA and what does that bode for Democrats winning in the industrial Northeast, industrial Midwest. Then Mark Taylor Canfield, our regular contributor from the great Pacific Northwest. What does it mean that Amazon now is coming down to the final few selections, cities, the final 20, I guess, are out there, including Boston. What does it mean for a city to have Amazon? What does it mean after Toys R Us are closed and a lot of people are blaming online purchasing for that particular closure of stores? We'll get into all of that with Mark Taylor Canfield coming up at 2.30 Eastern. 3 o'clock, Herb Boyd joins us. He'll be en route from a train back to his home, so we'll do the best there. We'll also, of course, uh, discuss many of the issues with you. Uh, You can email me, jeff at revolutionboston.com. Same number, same bat time. And we'll wrap it up with an old friend of ours, the uh, great writer from The Nation magazine, John Nichols, back after... Oh, my, several months, if not a year, since uh, the great John Nichols has been on our air. So we'll uh, talk to uh, to John at about 3.30 Eastern. As I said, folks, we have uh, a great show for you today. We're going to talk a lot about the issue of voting as well. Our good friend Frank Watkins, uh, the policy director for Rainbow Push, has uh, come up with some ideas, which we'll post on our website a little bit later today, and uh, we'll get into it with Herb and Robert and a few others as well, including John Nichols. And the idea is based on Michelle Obama's um, theory, when they go low, we go high. Frank Watkins and Rainbow Push believe when they go low, we go vote, which is a big, big part of this. But okay, we have three songs of the day from three artists who I um, ha- like and probably love, and I guess I've grown to appreciate. Um, and we're talking, um, <laughs> we're talking about Guns N' Roses, U2, and Mariah Carey. They're usually not on the same bill, I can tell you that. But as you know, this has been another week of the Trump storm fires the Secretary of State, takes away McCabe's FBI director, temporary director, and number two, the Comey, takes away his pension 48 hours before it was supposed to become one, 
on his birthday weekend when he turned 50 years old. Mr. Trump, you have no soul, sir. But that is where we are in Washington, D.C. It is a jungle, Axl Rose. And we are at a point right now where we need to fix things. And I am still concerned that some of the Democrats, particularly those in leadership, still don't get it. But I think we might be on a highway or maybe a road less traveled than I think we can find. But I go back to the point that I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I think that that to me is still the theory that many of you who listen to this show on a regular basis may think that the Democratic Party has not been able to capture the voice of the working class, the working class white male and white female. Donald Trump got a huge vote in the women's community. And I think that it is really important for us on the progressive side to keep fighting, to keep sticking to our values, those of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. I saw Sherrod Brown on Meet the Press today, and even though I think he was too apologetic for Hillary Clinton and a lot of other Democrats in leadership, he's been in Congress for a long time. He still got the message about the people in his state. And maybe the victory on Tuesday with Connor Lamb, just maybe we have found a roadmap to win back the industrial Northeast and the industrial Midwest. And we'll be playing some music, a little, little Bon Jovi a little bit later on as well. But my great producer Keith and I are big fans of, of rock and blues. So we're going to come up with a, a lot of different songs today, as we did last week. But this one is sort of where the Democratic Party is going, where the progressive movement is going. The young kids with gun safety, the Me Too movement progressives like our revolution and others bernie sanders speaking tomorrow night along with elizabeth warren and michael moore one heck of a trio and it's not going to be on network television all online young turks act tv etc but we need to do more and just maybe what happened in the pennsylvania 18th in march 2018 maybe that is a sign that Democrats some Democrats have found their way and maybe 
just maybe we're almost there, are almost home. And I hope that is the case, folks, because we cannot afford to lose this election, to control the House, to reclaim the Senate, even if it's by one vote, to win the governorships, particularly in those big Midwestern states that will be once again the swing states, Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, throw in Florida and New Hampshire, there you go. And if you don't win five of six of them in terms of the governorships, well, if we can't do that, it's going to be very hard to control 2020 and beyond because the Redistricting will start in 2021, and as Jerry Austin, our great contributor from Ohio, says, if you don't control the pencil, you're pretty much dead on arrival when it comes to winning elections at the state house and congressional level, and that's what the case has been in Ohio for a long time now. So the opportunity to win an open seat in Ohio, to defeat Mr. Walker in Wisconsin, you got several candidates running on the Democratic side. We'll talk to Robert Craig about that. To win in Michigan after what happened with Flint and the Detroit school system. We'll get into that with Melissa. And we all know about the need for Pennsylvania. Now just think about this, folks. We'll play some more music throughout this show. In 2000, Al Gore is in a tough race. He needs to win the mail vote. So he brings out John Bon Jovi. We all know that Bush stole the election, particularly in Florida. So it didn't go as far. But Democrats need to win that working class vote, so they go out and they bring out Bon Jovi. In 2004, it was Bruce Springsteen's turn to play in Ohio. Fantastic set, and John Kerry probably won Ohio. But as you know, he didn't win the popular vote. And then Obama gets out the African-American vote. We see a lot of African-American artists come out for him including the great Stevie Wonder and others. In 2016, on the final day in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, which is an African-American city, 60, 80 percent, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's majority African-American. And they go out and they say they bring in Obama, they wanted the African-American vote. Who do they bring in to bring out the African-American vote? Bruce Springsteen and John Bon Jovi. Folks, we need to learn the lesson that if our candidates can't, with issues, connect with the working class vote, you can bring out every John Cougar, Mellencamp, Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, every working class artist who has a populist tinge to them, and great music, and we'll play a little bit of it later. If you don't have the real thing, people are going to smell it. And we need to make sure that our candidates come from the cloth of the working class and understand that, and I think Connor Lamb did... And I'm going to end this little colloquy on the idea that I think we're almost home, Mariah Carey. Almost there. We should follow what Connor Lamb has done. He didn't trash Donald Trump at every second. You know, he disagreed with him on, on, on the health care issue and taking it away from the people of Pennsylvania who need it desperately, those who suffer from the opioid crisis and other 
ailments. They need their health care, which Republicans and Mr. Trump want to do. You also have another scenario. You have a, a scenario where Connor Lamb talked about unions and trade and how those jobs that were shipped overseas are things. And, of course, Trump has made an overture for the tariffs. And he agreed with him on that. As I said last week, you know, the tariffs are only one thing. We need to go further than the Trump. See, Trump will do a couple of things here. He is trying to be the masterful political figure that he thinks he could be. Triangulate what he learned from Reagan and Clinton and the successful presidents over the last 30 years. So he gives a little bit to the to the folks with Pompeo and this uh, real travesty of a pick for the CIA director, a woman who was for waterboarding and then lied about it, and then lied on the tapes, hid the tapes. But at the same time, he gives it to his, to his base on this issue of the tariffs. Well, the Democrats need to pay attention to their base, and they need to reach out, and they need to talk about these issues, and Connor Lamb did. And if he talks about one other thing, and that's FDR, and when you talk about FDR, and he talked about it in, I think, an MSNBC interview, that my grandfather was an FDR Democrat, and so am I. That, my friends, is a key to not only winning in Pennsylvania 18, it is a key to winning in the Midwest, it is a key to taking over control of Congress, and winning the presidency in 2020. And as you know, big Bernie Sanders fan, and who did he model during his campaign? One president. Wasn't Kennedy, wasn't Lincoln, wasn't Washington. It was FDR. And that, my friends, is the road to success. Hopefully, we've learned our lesson. All right, let's uh, start our phones. Let's go to Chicago. And let's start with Rudy in Chicago, an FDR fan, of course. Rudy, happy Sunday, sir. Do we have Rudy? We have John online. Okay. All right. Let's let's go to Minneapolis, and we'll start this with John, and uh, hopefully Rudy will. Uh, Hi, hello. Hey, John. How you doing? I, I'm doing great. You know, I, I think the way you've laid things out as far as the Democratic Party is very uh, true. And, you know, um, I think that uh, we really need uh, – you know, to be on the same page. And there have been several things that have happened, but mostly what I'm very annoyed about is Chuck Schumer and the leadership of the party uh, siding with the Republicans on that uh, S2115 Senate bill that essentially deregulates the banks again. And I mean, I'm not, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, community banks have suffered under this, and that's just hard, hogwash. According to several articles I read, one is, was in the week by Ryan Cooper, who said they're just, they're all awash in money, particularly since, um, you know, the tax bill. They're going to make huge profits. And, uh, 
you know, this is this is a problem with uh, people like Chuck Schumer, is that essentially, a quote unquote, from this article by Ryan Cooper, he's just a shill for Wall Street, and I've heard this time and time again. And you know, his attitude. I, I also quote another article from The Nation where he was quoted as saying, "Well, for every person we lose." in the blue collar class, uh, you know, to Trump will gain uh, to Hillary, to the, you know, upper middle class, uh, to the suburban, more professional voter. Yes, that's and exactly think, the stupid strategy that they've been talking about for the last 20 years. You're so right, John, as you usually right. are. And, they, they, and, and that's not the case, yeah. because people will vote. No. If you're going to vote on social issues, which you win in Arizona because you can't stand that that Trump is basically throwing immigrants out of the out of the country, you know, basically berating everybody that doesn't agree with him, doesn't yeah, uh, doesn't yeah. understand civil rights and so forth. So they'll vote, but that's not going to drive them to the polls. You know what drives those people to the polls? Money and less taxes, right. and that's how they vote. Right. They're not right. they're not the working class that are going to vote for the alternative party. You're exactly right. And, and, you know, another thing, too, this, this tax bill, according to what I read in these two articles and also an interview by Amy Goodman, um, essentially what, what's going to happen is the uh, rules that uh, track whether mortgage, mortgages are being fairly distributed, uh, that's going to go away. So we already have a problem where people, you know, called redlining, essentially, uh, where people of color, like in the... In in the city of Philadelphia, in particularly, they uh, cannot get money uh, to invest in their own houses. But if if a white person comes to the same bank, and I mean this is the God's honest truth. I mean this is just absolutely astounding that I found this out. They they'll get the loan. There was one person who worked for the University of Pennsylvania. She was over like a, a two million dollar grant, and her partner who was unemployed went in and applied for the same loan that she had previously applied for, and she got it over over the other woman who was actually working and and was uh, African American. So you know we have a big problem here, and you know this is inherently racist. It's unfair. It's not fair to the middle class on on both accounts. And then what happens when banks fail? It it, it affects people of color, uh, twenty to twenty to six apparently. It affects uh, people of color twenty times you know well like fifteen times more than it does uh, people uh, white people as far as when they lose their home and being under you know under a mortgage when they lose the mortgage. Etc. So it, it's um, you know it's just bizarre. I, I just don't know how else to describe it. And I was on the phone this week. I complained to my own uh, House of Representative person, who's also the deputy chair, Keith Ellison, and um, you know I talked to a staffer there, and then I also uh, left a message with Perez office chairman of the, of the Democratic National Committee, and um, you know I. I went ahead and, uh, you know, spoke with them. And I think we need discipline. The, these 10 people that voted for with, with the Republicans, um, 
essentially that bill wouldn't have gotten out of the Senate if it wasn't for the help, their help in doing that. So, you know, uh, what, what are we to do but except to put pressure and we have to move the party in a progressive direction. We have no other choice or this party is not going to survive. Uh, and as you said, you know, we're not going to, we, we are not going to win in 2018 if we continue with these kind of shenanigans. I mean, it's just stupid. It benefits nobody except for, you know, people like Chuck Schumer. He gets a lot right, of Well, here's, here's one thing that the hope on, and I, and I want to cut you off because uh, we're running out of time, but right. here, here, is, here is my, my perspective on this. You know, you can, you can give, um, you know, those who are, you know, independent Democrats or independent, you know, social liberals, you can understandly say, look, we are for civil rights. We are for women's rights. We are concerned about gay rights. Mm -hmm. We are concerned about the choice issue. But Mm -hmm. you have to go beyond that because in, in order to win, as Connor Lamb did, he didn't get into those issues. He didn't get into the idea that we need to ban all guns. And in fairness, right. we've had everybody from John Rosenthal on to other people. Right. Nobody on the on that part of gun safety is talking about gu- banning all guns. But the message, when you start talking about it, you have to emphasize that particularly, and I say it this way, if you're from a rural area and there is not a police station or a police car within 10 or 15 minutes to get to your mm-hmm. house, then, you know, to have a gun for safety in your house to protect you and your family, then fine. Mm-hmm. If you can register it, fine. People around the world do it. Switzerland, Canada, they a lot of rural, rural areas in the United States do it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. don't give me this BS that we all need an assault weapon. And that's where right. I believe Lamb came down. You know, he's, un- right. he's understanding for background checks and so forth. But at the same time, talked right. about the FDR legacy, talked about the idea that unions are important and trade has destroyed his part of the country and others, and particularly the steel workers who came out for yep. him in big droves. That's what the Democrats need to do. Those are all working class issues. Health care, right. people mm-hmm. getting thrown off who are opioids. That's where the Democrats mm-hmm. need to have a focus. At least that's right. my perspective. Yeah, and, and you know, Sheriff Brown, you know, also said that while they're passing this bill, all those things like the opioid crisis, infrastructure, education, all the things that they should be concerned with fall to the wayside. Uh, you know, so that they can uh, empower, <laughs> you know, too big to fail banks. I mean, it, it, we're right. talking. Yeah, the, the very the very type Deutsche Bank, which isn't even an, you know, it's a foreign bank. Again, uh, they won't you know, be regulated. Uh, and so we can let them, you know, do this kind of thing. And, you know, the, the Hillary Clinton also got into it. I think in India, she mentioned, you know, one of the reasons why she lost the election, because in the more sophisticated areas of the country, the two coasts, she did really well. But, you know, us yahoos out here in the middle of the country, well, we don't know anything, I guess. You know, I mean, we just happen to have the second most important uh, healthcare institution in the United States and maybe one of the best in the world uh, in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, it's very insulting to people in the middle of the country to be described as you know, being so unimportant. And, you yeah. know, that's how she described us. This was in India, uh, you know, in a, in a speech. I, I heard that as well this afternoon. Uh, John, yeah. stay there. Yeah. We'll come back to you yeah. in our uh, segment at 149. Melissa Tomlinson will be with us after the break. 
She'll be with us for just one segment, so we'll open up the phones once again. You're tuned in to the Jeff Santos Show. We are back in a flash. <laughs> 